All right, we're recording. We're now getting up to, we're almost on, uh, oh, Lauren, I'm st I still struggled with the hands. <laughs> Office hours number seven. Uh, we are missing one of the key team members today. Uh, that's what Shaw, CTO, technology leader, IoT magician, uh, and all around magician. good guy. Um, uh, he has a wonderful friend who had just moved here from, uh, from India, and they're spending some time down at the water in Toronto. It's a crispy, sunny day, but also still cold. Uh, so I hope that they are okay. <laughs> And uh, and uh, we're happy to be here. I was saying that I was prepared to do this completely alone, but I'm blessed to be in the presence of Timothy and Lauren. Uh, very happy to hear Lauren has uh, his eye is falling off. <laughs> yes, he was, uh, as I was saying that. Uh, and we have a couple of things that we want to talk about. Um, this is I hope this isn't getting redundant for anyone, um, but we're going to start with this transcript editor <laughs> because it's all in our mind right now. Uh, we had another delivery of transcripts this week, and there's been some significant improvements that we've been making both internally within the application, but then also for our transcribing team. And then Lauren's having some fun doing some transcripts right now too, as well as some QA and quality assurance. So Timothy, I know this is top of mind for you. Let's, uh, I'll let you kick it off and let me know if you have any thoughts specifically you want to go through. Sure, Tyler, thank you. Um, it's good to be here. Um, seven, seven service. Um, um, so I'm leading the development of this transcript editor through, um, it's it's essentially uh, been a in-app editor, such as you would start editing the sentence in your on your media transcript that is automatically transcribed already for you uh, with our analysis, and it grown out of this and came to be part of um, our one-stop solution for your media analysis and and. As we've started transcribing more and more media, uh, we needed to scale this up. And um, we found beautiful platforms to rely on and connected with so many people, so many transcribers, professionals in their field. And um, we're providing them with our, uh, with access to uh, this uh, small application inside of um, one of our one of our products, well, inside of Speak AI, but now um, it had grown out of it. And Vatsal just recently uh, created a new code base, uh, which is um, um, not going to say uh, how many code bases we do have, but it's uh, one more. And it's honor <laughs> to have been started it. And it's a totally new part of our product now we have a completely de dedicated um, application for transcript edition. And, um, and uh, we, we do hope that this, this will um, not only enable um, scalably transcript hundreds of audio in less than several days um, for our customers, but as well as that, we'll, we'd have a, a much larger audience of customers from this. Um, Tyler, do you, what would you? No, that was great. I, uh, I'm, try I'm trying to think what to add. I just, we had even a, a wonderful team that we've um, been, that I've been talking with for years and they have a big qualitative research project coming up. And what was really interesting is they wanna use uh, our system to help them with the qualitative research process, but they are actually, they actually have some students, oh, I keep saying actually, fill the word, 
signal. Uh, they, uh, they have students and trainees that they want to help uh, do the qualitative analysis. And that actually includes cleaning up the transcript. So what was really interesting there is we've actually provided the platform through and through, which is help give them the first run through about automated analysis and transcript, not even having to re rely on us to organize the transcribers. They actually have an internal team of students and they can use our product to clean it up to hundred uh, percent very quickly and efficiently. So that was really exciting. Like, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, almost a separate product and the amount of work has, that has gone into this transcript editor uh, deserves its own code base, deserves its own sort of um, set in, in a product suite that we actually have. Uh, and I think, you know, Lauren and Vatsal and I talked about this a little bit in our last one, but the first experiences of our transcript editor were completely miserable. <laughs> So it's, uh, it's slowly getting better. Um, there's some really interesting things that I'm finding are different from the embed that we're sending to our transcription team versus what's actually in the app. Lauren just touched on one of them, which is the find and replace of all speakers. And, uh, you know, this has been a really interesting challenge. Speaker identification is a difficult technical um, task and thing to complete. So one of our questions is if we want to ensure that for the human augmented transcription that it's fully accurate. Do we let the speaker identification that's automatically generated, do we let it sit there? That was one stage we did, but then we found out we weren't getting speakers back properly. And then we had one where it was replace all if you change one and it was lined up, still didn't get back accurate speaker labels. And now we've gone and made that much more manual process and the accuracy we've seen has taken a significant jump. So there's sometimes you can rely on machines. Sometimes you cannot rely on machines and really trying to bridge that human computer symbiosis uh, that we're trying to, to trying to create uh, through this system. And again, sounds sort of technical and boring, but I find it quite romantic and exciting. Lauren, being the cyber the past couple of uh, hours, um, how's the experience, Lauren? Yeah, how do you feel, Lauren? Well, it's been pretty good. Uh, I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, other than that, uh, it's just the minor noise that has to come up every time. But I think like what could help would be that like just at the very beginning when you're about to start transcribing, uh, just ask you the ones like, oh, we have speaker one, speaker two. Uh, what would you like to name them as? And then we'll just switch that all the way through. Because every time you go through and you notice that like, oh, this name's wrong, you switch it. And then it's like, oh, do you want to switch all of them? It's like, nope, I already did that. And if I do that now, then it's just going to screw everything up. Yeah. Uh, another idea I had as far as like, just keeping track of like when changes happen for like the names. Because um, like when you're transcribing, you're going through like a sea of words constantly so like having to keep an eye out for like when one word change like their name changes and that's wrong makes it a bit difficult because i can understand that you can just breeze wipe past it when you're on a roll um so maybe another way we can get around that is to maybe color code each of the individual squares so you'll notice that like maybe it's don't make it like super like bright or like super like uh noticeable because there could be problems with like um uh color what's the word again um color blindness so maybe you can't actually see what's being written there just because the color is too intense or whatever uh, but we can look into that some more um just so you can see like whenever some like whenever the speaker changes you'll see like oh, okay i have to pay attention and make sure that this is the right you know color at that point instead of just making sure you're not you know paying attention to the little words here and there yeah no that's beautiful I like that we're all becoming our own users of our own products so we can do user interviews <laughs> on, on each other. 
we talked quickly before this was about a control Z option, which I think would be wonderful. Uh, uh, technically, we haven't figured out how to accomplish that yet, but it would be fantastic. <laughs> and then the one thing that you're sort of touching on, Lauren, that I'm questioning too is like that there's a term that comes that appears in the transcript that you change once. And you see that you see instances of that same spelling error or the machine didn't understand it the first time. And there's 25 instances of that. You shouldn't really have to change those manually throughout. So how can you like, do we color code that? That's like, Hey, you've changed this word before and like a little light highlight of, you know, maybe it's a click and, and automatically change it. I don't know if a full automatic replace would be uh, too aggressive, but some things there of like, I really love the perspective of our team where it's like relying on technology and humans and then automate as much as we can to make it as efficient and powerful for the actual end end user. Yep. Yep. That's, that's a beautiful thought. And, and it's a, it's a difficult task as well for the technical, for the technical team. It's the implementation of this is really our thinking about end customers and the ones who will be using the system and it's produces so much impact as well. And I think maybe we'll could touch on uh, well we so we got some good insight got some good stuff out of there already, <clears throat> and again very specific audience who likes hearing about this stuff but I, I swear they're out there <laughs> they will enjoy this. I'm wondering Lauren maybe the second part which um, Tim hasn't maybe had as much exposure to but you and I have also been doing some quality assurance, um, so I'd love to hear any feedback you have on that process. Just I said to you one thing yesterday, um, which really has helped me is like putting it on two two times speed or 1.5 speed uh, and then just basically listening back. And because our transcribers are doing such a great job, there's minimal error, at least in the ones that are getting completed successfully. And, um, you know, even at 1.5 to two times speed reviewing, uh, it's quite you know, it's quite easy and then takes a 30 minute down to, if I'm doing math right, 15 minutes or uh, kind of thing. So that I thought that was a beautiful process. Just one thing that would be nice in it would be, and I don't know how far or, or if that's possible, but like the, the, we have the auto scroll with the gray line uh, over when you listen back in the, in the app and you can see what line really easily. Sometimes when I was uh, going too fast, I got lost a little bit. So I had to restart at a spot. Just one beautiful part that's different from the in-app versus the actual transcript embedder. When you start, when you put your cursor on a line or you start typing, um, it will stop playing, which is great, especially when you're listening to it two two times speed because you're like, oh, cl click stop. It gives you the time to process, and then you can make the the necessary change. I like that a lot too. Um, it'd be nice though when you. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I can't remember how it exactly works, but after you, you know, click on the line uh, to the actual spot that you want to edit, and then you click play. I don't think it plays back directly from where you stopped it originally. I could be wrong, though. Maybe I'm just trying to remember something else, though. But yeah, <laughs> it's becoming a blur. <laughs> You've seen a lot of transcripts. I gotta, I gotta write it down. <laughs> sure, but, yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, I, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of room for, there's still a lot of room for improvement, but again, I just think of the first experiences and the pain and the suffering that was involved and how much better it is. Like I actually, if I have a short video or audio clip, I'm very happy to sit there and edit it myself now because it's so quick and uh, maybe there's a, some bias, but it gives me joy to, to do it. And um, 
Lauren, you like, you know, you're like a writer and you like, you're also, in a, you know, do accounting. And so like, you like saying things well done. Like to me, there's nothing better than when I'm doing some quick QA, not quick, thorough QA. Uh, and uh, like, I just can go for like five minutes without making a change. Like that makes me so happy. I just feel good. Uh, that means we've made a system that was good. The transcriber did an awesome job. And we're then delivering a final end product that our customer uh, is going to be very happy with. So quite, quite exciting. Things are weird when you get older, Tim, you get a little older, weird things excite you. You know, I never thought I'd be growing up. <laughs> Just so excited about things like this. But uh, anything else that we want to add transcript, editor, quality assurance, anything else you guys are thinking about that? Um, there's still like a lot of thought to be done about quality assurance, because really the only thing we can do is just, you know, read through it and check and make sure it's good. But um, yeah, there should probably be uh, some sort of process for that. Like maybe there should be more. I'm still on the idea of the whole check mark idea. And uh, that gives you a percentage of how confident you are that it's 100%. Yeah. And the other part is the scale of it. Like I've said to, and one of these topics that we might talk about a little bit later, if we have time, we've spent a good 20 minutes on this, which is great, um, is like, one of my fears is actually like, uh, say the salesperson is successful and they on, they onboard an organization and that person, that organization has 400 hours per month that they need human transcribe. That's a lot. Lauren, you don't have 400 hours in a week, you know? So it's like you and I cannot do that QA. So really scaling up our quality assurance mechanism is important, especially if a organization is putting the trust in us to switch from a previous transcriber or something that they had used over to us and then making sure that we're actually delivering high quality. Like that's a big responsibility that we're taking on and we're going to need to figure out how to do that at a large scale, both from a transcriber perspective and then from a quality assurance perspective. I don't have enough time for all that. So I'll have to hire some more people. Oh, we've got a late joiner. Uh, looks like the Is man, the man himself. I don't know. <laughs> I saw him run. I saw him grabbing the, uh, the, the charger. I didn't know he was uh, planning on joining. Um, but that, that, that's great. Um, yes. So Lauren, well, uh, that's all you made it. <laughs> you came running back from the water. Look at him. <laughs> I made it. Yes. I missed that chance. Like, okay, I have to make it somehow. Oh, so I just went from the harbor front directly. Yeah, you're be sweating. <laughs> you're <laughs> uh, how was the harbor front? It was awesome. It's yeah. always nice to see near to the water. It's, yeah. it's something is there. So it's always feel good after going there. So. Is your friend here still? Is he gone? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so we were we were pretty deep on a conversation because it was sort of top of mind transcript editor, uh, transcript delivery, quality assurance. I was saying I know we've had a couple of discussions in the very specific audience who likes these topics, right. but um, we talked about some of more of the technical changes that we've made. I don't know if there's too much more we want to add, or if there's just any thoughts that you have, um, you know, after after this week or as we move forward. One of the things that I said just last was. <clears throat> What happens if, for example, our sales representative is really successful, brings on an organization who has 200, 400 hours a month that they want transcribed? Uh, right. What happens then? <laughs> so I don't know if you have any thoughts, but we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let, you, let, let, let you bring any insights in. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that's, uh, uh, okay. that's a very good point to point at uh, the, the question. So the, the point is like, if we, if we came across around that many of ours, we do have the scalable system. So that is not an issue. The more uh, the work we probably have to do around 
finding the resources for the human transcription. And we already built that scalable system. I don't know if we already talk about in that context, but we have that system in terms of even if we, if, if even if someone dump in a day, at least 50 to 100 hours of video, yes, we are moving into that direction. But at the one point we will have that scalable system that we don't even have to worry about anything. The system, the software which we are building will manage end-to-end -end solution for the users. And even if the users have, I think we already have it in our system, but even if users have any feedback that I think so, here are the places where I think I need some more correction or the speaker management is a little off at this 10%. So we send back to the transcriber, transcriber update, and we will receive back. So what we are trying to do, I mean, yes, right now, uh, we were in sort of the channel about the little bit of manual process for the validation side, but we are into the direction which will the whole automated solution for that, that many number of hours. So. I, I, to be honest, I'm not much worried about even that is 2,000 hours or number of hours. I see 2,000 to 20,000. That's what I see by end of the year. That's that's a target. So the 200 is it's 10 percent of what I'm targeting. So there we go. That's, that's what, what I, I like to hear. I I look forward to that, and I will feel relief. I uh, again, I just and we'll, <laughs> we won't spend too much more time on this, but just you know yeah. that that experience that we talked about this with Lauren, you and I, but just that or the first time we ever did it, the first time we ever tried to transcribe something to now, uh, and there's a lot less suffering going on. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very happy about that. Um, so I had I you know you've so you've come in here. We really only have gotten through one topic all right, which was mm -hmm. this. We got, we, we got we got on this. There's a couple things that I was um, I had on a list. Um, I don't know if you saw, which was I've added a couple. You know what? I, I'm just going to jump into this to see what you guys think uh, because this is uh, this one is exciting to me and is to me blown my mind in terms of uh, one sec. I got a switch to make before I, I'm, two, I'm doing two things at once. I shouldn't do this. Uh, is this custom categories? So uh, these. I mean, this is something that we've. Am I sharing the right screen? I hope so. The other one I'm reading Reddit. So. Uh, okay, yep. <laughs> Uh, so this is, uh, I mean, this looks like probably way too much data for anyone who's looking at this screen, but this is one of the things that has been most exciting for uh, myself, but for our whole team. And then also for some of our end users who are really trying to do deeper analysis. You know, of course there's the transcription part, which we've talked about, but we have text, audio, and video. And there also is a wonderful ability to extract almost anything that you want out of this media, anything that's language driven. So. Uh, mm -hmm. What we've been trying to do for a, a long time has been building these custom categories that show um, that give give our users the ability to um, really surface the things that are valuable to them. And so this week, with a bunch of research, I only wanted to take about twenty minutes into it, but we had had some of these pre-built categories. Just a quick look was like the emotions, and then what words are connected to emotion that, when said, when spoken, or when written and actually put in text should be grabbed and then displayed uh, back to the user and really built out some wonderful categories here. And then in the end, when you look in the insights panel, you can actually start to see. So hate was hate was said in this moment. Hate, hate is, uh, there we go. So hate, that was from the last week. And really, depending on what industry you're in, what you're trying to accomplish, you can actually build in your own custom categories. But one of the things that we're also working on and Vatsal's doing a good job at doing this quickly is taking the custom categories that we've built, building a global set of them and then helping deploy to users very quickly so that they don't need to build out custom categories that are already high quality. 
Uh, so yes. I'll stop there for a second and see if you guys have any anything to add to this. Very exciting from my perspective. Tyler put a tons of hours finding this category. I see the excitement ne sitting next to him is like, as soon as he find some categories, it's like unique categories he never seen. He's like, yes, I found this new segment of the custom categories. That makes me excited. And like the beautiful part with our system is like we can deploy across the system within a minute right now. Uh, it is still the backend process, but we, we are also in the same direction. It's like, oh, you want to dump this XYZ category, just select and you can you can dump into your account. And uh, just on the custom category connected point, is like, oh, what if I already analyze hundreds of media file and I want to put a new category called X, which has like 50 words. So should I go in each video or audio or text and click on the reanalyze? So no. So I mean, what we are also working, we have in our pipeline is like reanalyze all your media from your whatever the audio, video, and text, and and that can be done within a half an hour. Depends on obviously the the length of number of media, but I think so. That is the two connected points. What I see with that. Tim, Warren, anything you're thinking? Yeah, those uh, custom categories. Does that only appear on your own account then, or is that like updated throughout like so every account? Those right now are in the success account. So success is sort of the main harbinger. I hope that's the, yeah, of all the, the most up-to-date version. And then for example, a new customer comes in and they say they want emotions and uh, filler words. All we have to do is a, like that's what said backend, but click and it drops into their account. By default, it's not in there. But um, there might be a, 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 I think to me that the stage that we get to is when you log in, you can just hit a check boxes of what categories you want to import and it will automatically be there. Sort of the same story, yes. That's something that we're doing on very manually. Tyler is actually looking for websites and read, reads Reddit whole day just for that. And, um, but this manual process results in having these categories, such as emotional ones, as well as more technical, such as actionable items. But it's interesting because the emotions are very much a uh, very unique to every niche person. And understanding what are at least in the English language we do consider to be to to be indicative of, of one emotion rather than the other is already a quite of a breakthrough in terms of understanding of our users and just reflecting it back in the insights page on media. And we're, I mean, I'm, I'm quite excited about this as well as the opportunity to um, quantitatively say and compare yourself to your previous self. It's like a time machine on a Mac. You're, uh, you're looking back through a, a file system, how it changed, but if you can imagine having a morning reflection, recording it with our audio video recorder every morning or evening and going and having those regular uh, updates on yourself, your life, your profession, your career, your, your just tasks at hand or whatever that you're, you're doing in your uh, area of expertise, uh, and and being able to compare that with in 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 the timeline uh, uh, is is something majestic and also it's 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 it enables you to understand yourself better but as well as for the system to understand yourself better and that means that eventually we'll we'll have a a um, symbiosis that's the uh, second time I'm 
I'm using this, this word is being used in this, um, um, uh, in these hours between our users and the speak, speak AI. I like when Tim gets romantic. That's uh, very nice. Yeah. Beautiful Russian love uh, comes out in the passion for the product. Lauren, any thoughts that you have on here? Lauren, there's something before this, I, I guess I'll, there's one thing that I'm really interested in, which I think you probably have more expertise than I do, but I'm just trying to figure out, which is I had thought before, and Tim, maybe you like, this is interesting to you, but before I had I thought about emotions and things like that, but I hadn't necessarily thought like what came out for me uh, this week was this unsupported attributions. For example, uh, like, you know, this is basically when you attribute something to someone, but you don't make that attribution concrete. So it's like research has shown, but what research, uh, like there's basically this ability for people to understand logical fallacies or, or like break down when someone's having a conversation, if they were, for example, editorializing it. So were they talking objectively or were they actually um, doing it in a way that they were adding their own sort of flavor or opinion onto it? And this was sort of just a break. It was just a breakthrough for me of what's actually possible with these categories. And what was amazing is that these were defined through research and time and understanding of conversations and debates, even the idea of puffery here, like when you add renowned or brilliant, you're throwing, you know, you're throwing an, uh, uh, an individualized subjective meaning onto something. And it's actually no longer objective. It's detached from that. And it just was, I don't know. I don't know what you guys, just a breakthrough for me and what's actually possible with the analysis and the actual categories that we have within speak. The thing with unsupported attributions though, is that um, it's actually a, an introductory course into IELTS test. If, if anybody comes into US or Canada and tries to, or just prepares for an English exam, and I'm sure that in other languages, it's the same story. Um, I've just recently passed my IELTS once again, um, got nine on, uh, on, 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 on part of it. The, the unsupported attributions is what we are being taught in the books to start our essays from. Most people feel the um, summer is worse than winter. And you start the thesis and whatever they are uh, trying to sort of, it's all of the essays and IELTS um, is our prompts. They start from prompts and they give you this sort of an argument to support, disprove, discuss, or, um, or otherwise. And um, it's very weird, but yeah, we're being taught to use unsupported attributions. Is that a good or a bad thing? I wish I knew the answer. That's very interesting. I didn't know that. I don't know if Axel looks like he has something to say. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. yeah that, that's a very good, interesting like the lens to look at. And when I see the unsupported, uh, the intents and entities, the first thing come to my mind is at the lens of the enterprise users. So for the enterprise users who is doing more research, that can be more interesting because that is they, they are they are doing for some end results. They are expecting some end result at the end that can be the research that can be the small project. So that is that that makes me exciting about looking at the angle of enterprise user. Because what happened, for example, you are doing interview, Tyler. Let's say Lauren doing interview and team is doing interview under the same organization. But when you go to these different people into the different field, how does that come up at the end? How does that look like? If, if you are going to conclude as enterprise that 
number one, number two, and number three user research says that, but what is that is like more scientists says blah, 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 but it's like, what is that conclusion look like? And how many users says that I know this, or I know that, or someone says that, but like, who is that person is? So it's like, are they pointing to the same person under that hood of the research, or is that the different person every time? So that is maybe interesting. And to make create a connections with the people and the brands, it's like, are they talking about the same people or brands in the same user interview when they say that many, many, many brands do this or do that? It's like, are they talking about the same brands? So that if I if I if I see at that angle, that is very interesting and very questionable and and then a lot of things can be explored out of that research. We have an application for this too. We were thinking about the entity linking part, the SEO yep. that Speak AI can provide as just optimization of this, of, of indexing of the articles that you publish and, and push through Speak AI pipeline. The ability to say that, is it referenced to ask? Is it referenced? The ability to monitor for these claims and um, cornerstone cases in language and just make suggestions upon the improvement of your content is something. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I'm just, oh, and I want to hear Lauren's perspective on this, but one part that I was just thinking of is like, I bet if you, for example, analyze a marketer versus an accountant, uh, what is the puffery percentage used? right? Marketer, oh, great, everything, you know, incredible. And then we've got the accountant who's just objective fact-based numbers, right? So there's some really powerful things there. And just, I mean, this was, uh, we're doing the interview process right now. And after we interview someone, we're uploading into Speak. And just as a, one example, tentativeness is a category that's now in. So when someone says, I guess, or, you know, maybe, or perhaps, or I mean, or I personally, like, it's not, there's not that there's an assessment made from my perspective, but I can click back and hear that moment. And it takes me to a moment where there was a sign of uncertainty or unconfidence. Actually, I've clicked on that a lot and half the time it was me saying it, but, uh, you know, very interesting to help you just pick out some things or some moments of interest, depending on who you are, the outcome that you're looking from, from an interview or a conversation, like it just becomes this powerful mechanism. And now that these categories are built in and, and I had that experience even with our own interviewing this week, like it just could not replace the system for that process. So that felt like a really big breakthrough that I'm excited about. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, Vatsal, Tim, Lauren. What do you think, Lauren? <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> he's the literary expert here. Come on, Lauren. Yeah, I like how there's a whole bunch of different words you can be looking on just based on um, like who exactly is looking for it. So like say like, you said marketers versus accountants you're probably looking for someone making more of appeals to emotions and uh, accountants or just anybody within i wouldn't say accountants really science but just any sort of uh what's the term again um uh what's that for what's that four letter acronym for people in uh in school um we're in like science math oh, stem 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 yes. degrees yeah, they're probably yeah, more yeah. uh looking on to uh the different aspects of um, rhetoric that's been brought up before. I can, uh, like, I was thinking that maybe you have too many categories. Maybe it can be uh, um, shrunk down into some way and then categories for categories. Um, so like there's those appeals to uh, logics. So there's logos, ethos, and pathos. So when they're saying like, oh, uh, scientists say, oh, studies show 
this is kind of like an appeal to logos. This is an appeal to someone's idea of logic. And then there's pathos. I kind of get confused between pathos and ethos. I think pathos is an appeal to motion. So as if you're using flowery words, like I love the, uh, this or that, and this makes me feel this way or that. And then there's ethos, the appeal to ethics, which is probably going to be the most difficult to actually get a hold of. Um, I don't really can't think of any words that, um, you know, is an appeal to ethics. Maybe it's more like at that point, it's becoming more into like clauses, which comes up to that whole uh, that uh, one grant we're thinking of applying to for the government where they're looking more to extract a whole clauses as opposed to just words. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see like who we're working with and what of these categories they're actually most interested in. Because I'm assuming that just like for people qualitative analysis, probably like therapists and whatnot, they're mostly in, mostly concerned with like emotions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know who would even care about ethos. Who would care about uh, categories of ethics and uh, thinking what is right and what is wrong? We will know. find them. Yeah, we will. <laughs> like politicians, they'd probably be the most yeah. interested in uh, in swaying someone based on ethics. No, I I think so too. And the one experience that I had this week was an organization who's doing mental health research, and they're actually trying to help. They're, the, the way that they basically said it, which was amazing, was that they're looking for epiphanies that users are having. So how do you find epiphanies um, within media? Large, five, like 15 hours of audio or video, how do you find an epiphany? And what an amazing question, right? Like that, so through some of the categories that we've built, there's that possibility, but that's all in the last two weeks, you added the sound waves. And so you can be a big spike. You see a big spike in the sound wave and typically that has almost always been laughter or at the counter, which is the sadder version, which is like anger or someone yelling, those spikes. So all of a sudden there are a visual representation of epiphanies or more likely to find epiphany and then categorical records uh, or instances as well too. And then one last part, Lauren, is what you've said about, I completely agree on the subcategorization and category level. Right now we don't have a hierarchy, like all those emotions are just equal uh in that but there should be an emotion sort of main category within the subcategories of different emotions within it we get to a point where we're gonna have way too many categories and it's just kind of information overload we don't really know what we're looking yes. for yes it's a lot to look at like this already and even now the bar like the insights panel in our specific account because we have so many categories is like longer than the actual transcript <laughs> so one of the things that we're now getting asked is how can you order so the one company was saying, we value these categories over other categories. So we want these to just display first in the insights panel. And then additionally, can we just filter, for example, with the checkbox, the emotion category and all the emotion subcategories. And now you're only displaying that in, this, in the insights panel. So it does become a filtering mechanism that's needed to display only the information that actually matters. But that's the thing. Um... The part where you're building the relationships between categories and categories themselves can be prioritized over the others. That's the part where um, we, we all, it's, it's, it's the part of patterning, patterning between these. And the patterns is what defines the, the concepts in which particular groups of words are uh, present meaning, meaning that, for example, logos, pathos, ethos, this is a pattern. And, you can fit in different groups of words. The, for example, critical, analytical, and conversational thinking from um, James Pennebaker is 
so also a pattern and you can fit almost the same words more or less uh, but slightly different groups of those words into it and and get good results and it's a very natural process that, that humans had, had evolved to do to uh, have multiple meanings for every each point of reference and it's the relationships between them that define it so the next iteration is to have the patterns upon based upon the word the custom categories that we have now yeah. I, I, I would love to see the one more layer down because what we are talking about here is like the words throughout the audio and video clip we are not talking about so for example if Tyler is an interviewing person x how many words person X talk about the puffery words or how many words Tyler talk about those? So what does that comparison look like? If we are missing that part, once we get once we get that level, then we can make a pattern about, okay, the individual accounts is the one thing, but when we talk about on the enterprise or the those account side, they need the separations of the speaker. It's like we do have on the backend, but we still don't do at that level the the insights categorization. So on the inside panel, we should have the speaker one, two, three. And if they choose, let's say speaker one, uh, I don't want to dig down into the UI side, but like the, the overall idea is like, if you choose speaker one, let's say Tyler, then it should show everything what Tyler says in terms of the insights that can be custom categories or that can be anything right on the, on the inside panel that can be same as the, the sentiment analysis or maybe the sentiment analysis comparison side by side is like, how does that flow goes? Is like, is that depend on the first speaker and the second speaker? If they go, if they start talking about the negative sentiment, so it's like, oh, speaker two also start, you can see that pattern, oh, that's going down or that's going up. So those sort of comparisons between that can be default categories, custom categories, sentiment analysis. So the same differentiations on the dashboard too. It's like, oh, these are the words you spoke last month versus this words, but this is speaker one, speaker two, speaker three, speaker four, like so. Yeah, yeah, the, the comparison part is just so beautiful. Like, you know, us, all, all four of us have this, we have this conversation, there's four of us, and then Vapsel, you came in later, so you'd have less talk time and less, you know, output, but, you know, we analyze that all, we label the speakers properly, and then we can see, uh, again, I'm probably going to be the leader in puffery, uh, I don't know who would be, <laughs> you know, like there would be some amazing breakdowns that could happen there. Absolutely. Tyler ranked number one in puffery, uh, 25% more puffery per sentence than, uh, uh, than Tim Fatsel in third and Lauren at the, at the lowest level with the least amount of puffery. Right. So there's like, I don't know. I, I know some of that stuff might just seem fun, but there are real applications to this. Yeah. Like in, in, in so many ways too. So, uh, again, that, that, that's just a fun example. And we've had people who say, I want to start recording conversations with my friends. And I could see them getting pure joy out of this. And then at a business level, there's like real data and analysis that can come out that can change business outcomes on a massive scale. Uh, so was, yeah, yeah. I just want to add on that thing on the recording side, when you say the friends, uh, we have a couple of users who sign up this week and I was just doing some analysis on like why they signed up, what they're doing here, uh, from where they come from. So I was just doing a little bit of research and a couple of things I got from that connected dot here is uh, a couple of people who just signed up for the embeddable recorder. They're trying to say that I want to boot on up my website. I want to get the, the user feedback. So it's like, is there any pattern they can find between the different users and their role with the locations? So if the people is in Canada, 
they talk about the website, the same website, the same layout, but the perspective and the angle of looking at the same website is different than someone is sitting in the California or someone is sitting in Russia or India or something like that. So how does that change yeah. based on even the locations the same thing, same words, same website? So it's so there's, and there's just two ways I'm thinking of how we look tackle. So I've been thinking about this a lot too, which is, does a user self-represent? So right now we ask for email and, and uh, full name and email. So you can say, but you don't ask, you don't say any categories. Like, should there be a drop down my age, um, you know, gender, et cetera. And if, if you want an embeddable recorder that can grab those qualities, you just print those as inputs and then they self-represent. The second option would not be as more as accurate uh, is like using a system like Google Analytics and tying the embeddable recorder and then pulling those those demographic profiles together. And there's two, and then there's one other layer, which is so fascinating to me. Uh, this is hard to articulate fully, but uh, helping the one company with an advertising campaign and doing analytics and they wanted to see how many um, technology or technophiles had visited their site. And so was able to pull that through a Google Analytics report. Uh, now, the question that I'm starting to think about is based on categorizations. Now, this is a jump. And so challenge me on this is like, can we, if someone mentioned, if we did an interview with someone, could we actually categorize, help categorize them in to some of those pre-built categories? So like, for example, people who are technophiles um, talk about uh, technology 25% more than someone who's not a technophile. And through a conversation or through a customer research interview or something, could you actually categorize them into a market audience uh, kind of thing? That's raw. So uh, I, I don't have any thoughts on that. That is more, I think, sort of directions towards finding the user segment, if, I, if, if I'm correct. It's like finding the user segment, where does that user particularly fit? Is that the product? Like, I just, just, I'll just say like Google Analytics or LinkedIn, for example, you have, um, you have a, you have a, a list of a hundred um, uh, industries or skill sets or affinities or interests that they have. So say right. Google Analytics and, and LinkedIn, and then say you're a company and you do a hundred interviews with a hundred different people. Could you then use those interviews to partition them into those categories almost automatically? based off analysis of what was said in it. So we just did hundred interviews, 25%. Um, they use a lot of puffery and their X. So they fit into the marketing category, whereas X fits into technology. I, I don't, I haven't but thought- Isn't it like for when those companies do the interview, then they already know that what is their role. So for example, if you are doing with the interview with the Lauren, so we know that that is going to be much more about the, the real numbers, the real story or the financial side. So. Isn't it like, because they already I would know hope so. that yeah. no, title, I... <laughs> maybe. So it's like. Yeah, no, and that's why I'm just, I'm just thinking of that as I pulled that report for them and saw all these categories and how valuable it was to this, this, this company hmm. of them trying to take audiences that they have no, they didn't know. So this is like you said, in a lot of customer research and stuff, they have actually personally recruited people who fit categories. So they already have those insights, but sometimes there's insights coming back where they don't have those categories. So say you had the embeddable recorder, you didn't have any things picked on for demographics or interest or anything like that. And now you're trying to figure out what category they fit into. How could you make that happen? And how could you make that as quickly and efficiently uh, happen through just analysis of what was said? Uh, and again, I think there's some big leaps there and there's probably a really big error rate that is, that is possible, but just something really uh, interesting to think about. I'll shut up for that now. I'll come back with more. Uh, you'll, I'll come back. You see me in three weeks. I'll come back. 
<laughs> this in office hours number 10. Uh, I'll have that thought, that board out. Uh, Tim, Lauren, any thoughts on that? I know we've been going here for a bit. I personally, this has been one of my favorite conversations we've had yet. So uh, I, I've been enjoying this a lot. Anything you think on those two points or anything, Tim, Lauren? No. Okay. All right. I'm going to, we'll, we'll get one more thing. Cause I'm, I'm uh, deep into this and then we can end this. And I'm sorry, this has some ego part for, for me. Uh, and it's also like, you guys hear me talk uh -oh. about this too. And, you know, no, 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 it's nothing bad. It's just this, this, this video, this video that I, uh, uh recorded, um, which I Hello. don't need to do the whole thing. Hi. So was you Angry. saying sad. So, so just as some context, this is the live present mode and speak. And this was an MVP that that's on. I put together over a weekend about a year yeah. ago, <laughs> about a year ago. Um, and I'll just Being hit the final part. Manipulate color, sound images and more <laughs> mind blowing. This is my favorite part. I got, I got, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to play it again. I got a lot of feedback and comments back. So, uh, one of the things that, first of all, was just like, there's been times where this has sat in our speak platform and people have looked at it and been like, what the hell is this? Like, why is this here? What does this do? Is this yeah. ever going to, you know, it, it's almost like this raw unfinished thing in our system. And we just because of priorities and things like we have never really spent too much more time refining it. But to me it is one of the actual more powerful opportunities that we have with the foundation that we've laid at speak. And I think is something that not only can be this powerful content creative, content creator tool to create in real time original content with almost no friction, but it also becomes this self reflection mechanism that can actually help you understand yourself better and heal. And uh, so I just want to take a, a minute uh, to sit on this. Uh, first of all, any thoughts by anyone here on this? Uh, let me know. I would love to take an opportunity here. I just want to go a little bit back a year at only. And uh, it's like, it, it looks pretty awesome now. But there are like many technical challenges uh, to fit the real-time transcription with the images that is also fit with the colors. You also can play the video clips. It's all in one solution to do the content creations or some creativity here. Uh, but I, I would love to connect the point with what we have now is the in-app recorder. And what we can have probably in a couple of months is the link between the embeddable recorder and the present mode. So even if you are doing the present mode, you can put the whole video clip of your whole presentation back to the speak and you can use in many ways. The whole output channel is already there. And the second point is the with the real-time transcription plus the present mode is just the mind blowing. That's mind blowing gift. <laughs> one part that is you didn't add that is actually one of the most beautiful things, which we didn't actually even connect this at one point, but is no, we all connected it, but it was somewhat subconscious is also the hyperlinking part, um, which now that we've got a database of uh, entities that we can grab um, references to and then also images, you could basically without having to hard code or user define information in retrieve images and more automatically by understanding uh, the meaning or phrases or keywords, which is just beautiful like like it, it's it's, yeah. it's really awesome uh, but on on another scale there are a complexity and the challenges on the technical side to fit those videos or how to choose if you choose the trono 
you have your own image that can be harbor front that is the different image for law and that's maybe the different image for team it's like how do you pick those particular words i mean trono is very generic but if you go a little bit layered down and if you're talking about a very particular word a computer or something like that so it's like how does that how does that fit so it's like how we can make a call behalf of Lauren that oh Tron would be this not what you think. So it's like how to answer those questions is, I think so in my view is the challenging thing. Yeah, I, I well, the one that stuck out to me was like a like dog, because if you have a dog, you want to see your own dog. You don't want to see someone else's dog. <laughs> so uh, so there's like the challenge. I think there's that system you can do with a manual override. Like words that are really important to you, you're gonna do a manual override to display what you truly care about. Yeah. Um, the ones that I will, uh, you know, that stick in my mind and just to share the screen, just a couple comments that people left after, after sharing this, um, which was, this was an amazing comment. So like, do we lose subtleties through this? What an amazing question this is, right? So because I posted this and I said happy and it flicks automatically just to yellow. She's basically saying, yeah, like, are you, are we losing subtleties of human emotion or of the human experience? Like what a powerful question that she actually asked. And uh, just something that I wanted to address quickly, which, you know, I think is, uh, this is important as we talk about, Lauren, you're talking about like the ethics, uh, you know, of technology. Like this is something actually a, a big responsibility uh, I actually see here. And just simply a quick thing is like happy, it's, it switches to, um, you know, yellow very quickly. But depending on the velocity of happiness that was analyzed or understood, there should be a difference in how much yellow was displayed or how quickly the yellow actually appears on the screen. Does it gradually fade in or does it come in at a high velocity depending on what you said? Um, yeah, that's just one thought that I have. I don't know if you have anything to add to this. Yeah, it seems like these, uh, these changes can really be brought about from like one word actions, really. Is there any way that the screen could change based on whole, you know, again, clauses, whole sentences, whole yeah. ideas instead yes. of just, you know, one, one word. Like, like that's kind of the idea with the whole speak too, is that we're just extracting like one word to bits and then throwing that into the uh, analytics there. Is there any way that we can go a bit farther and get together a whole string of words? And then there's different meanings based on the different collection of words. Like one word has one meaning, but then you put two words together, it has a different meaning. You have a whole you know, sentence together, it holds, hold, holds a whole different type of meaning there. So you can look, look at, look at Tim and that's when I were all just meaning, meaning, jump. Meaning, meaning, <laughs> meaning making the same. Yeah. You yeah. Want to add something. Well, that's the part, I mean, customization. We need to understand the user first. We need to, we need to sort of get, it's, it's the part where your, where speak becomes part of your life. Like it needs to know your dog by the name and by the photo, by its face, you know, by the paw. Like how do you, it's, it, you leave a fingerprint um, of everything that matters to you, your friends, your people. And it is, you know, a social network is just like that. You leave your fingerprint. But we're, we're, we're aiming it, as we've said, to sort of create relationships of, of what you see in this creative process, because that's what we're, what, what Speak is really attempting to, to accomplish here is to, with the presentation mode, is, is to um, enable the creativity, but online as you go, you can manage, leverage your own speech and create what you are thinking about. And we actually should connect the in-app recorder and present, present mode together eventually. Yeah. But the, 
the idea where you're you're mentioning things like your dog, like Tyler, that's Lauren, and you're mentioning the things you're working upon as well. I'm, I'm working on this task, on that task. I'm going this place. I'm going to hike there. I'm going to ski here. It's all of these different types of entities that we enable our users to um, to surface through our name identity recognition and the insights panel on the text editor or the media. All of this eventually, right now it's quite objective and we're gathering it from uh, an objective source. I think it's okay to say that we're, uh, it, it's okay to say that we're using Wikipedia as, as, as the data source to compare against. But, um, but get, getting the, so, so getting, tapping into, for example, your photo library, I have a, on the Macintosh, and a, it's a beautiful photo library application that comes with the system and it categorizes, it, it has a very nice way of presenting the images from summer, from this season, from this city, with these people and it groups them and it presents to you. And, uh, and so this grouping is, is if we could tap into things like these that already exist in Apple ecosystem, Google ecosystem, Microsoft ecosystem, that already learn more about you and personalize their content to you. Uh, we, we could personalize your content to you through speak sort of in a, it's, it's, it's the part where any system must be, must, must know you so well. It's, it's the, it's the part of the being a second brain to you, your second brain, no, but not, but not somebody else's one. Do you think you're jumping ahead a little bit too much as, as far as like <laughs> thinking about, you know, say I have a sentence, I say that, and then Tyrus is the same sentence, uh, but you're saying that like the system has to be able to differentiate between two different people that will have two different names from those two different sentences spoken. It's the same sentence spoken by two different people, but you know, can't we just, that's a bit, not, that's what I'm saying, jumping ahead. Can't we just focus on the one sentence first and then after that no. we can focus on well, the individual? Well, hey, don't, don't you dampen Tim's spirit. I love where you're going with it, Tim. For one thing though, to answer your original question, Lauren, you can actually program whole sentences in to speak yeah. and use that as a trigger. The problem is if you vary from that sentence, the system is not intelligently, uh, and, and that's all talks more about this with like Alexa and, you know, intents basically like you program a sentence, it's almost hard programmed in. So any deviation from that sentence and you will not get the result that you're looking for. The next level that we need to get to is the intelligent intent system that allows us yeah. to say this was the same meaning and then display the actual image there and just add Tim, actually, I know that you went a little into the future there, but I actually think that's genius because, you know, if you look at Google, how they're analyzing the photo library, they have words, you type in the words, all the one word shows all the images that represent yeah. that word. So if you have a picture of a mushroom in a picture, you type in mushroom, it shows all the pictures of the mushrooms that could tap into your library and show your favorite mushroom, right? So uh, I actually think that's beautiful. I agree. It's a little out there in a bit but uh i love it so i i will oh, yeah. <laughs> to you though to understand the sentence it's it is a very fundamental part and the meaning making that's all just been uh, uh alluring to is is what we're um so everybody expresses differently and everybody expresses emotions differently as well and something that we can do already and we will eventually is to um have an understanding of the presets of sort of create connections, create the maps of meaning 
by the words that you say, of what you say and what you talk about the most. The correlations between entities is something that we are very unique at because we talk about, we even use words in same, in same patterns all the time. Actually is a pattern of using words and connecting. It's analytical thinking more, more or less because you're trying to actualize the concept and make it a fact or something, sort of the grounded. And most of the time, and you can express these um, meanings of words, connecting ideas and, and sort of the way that you connect the two ideas and use a particular word from a particular custom category is we have this data. We just need to build those relationships and have the, um, have the opportunity to say that, to, to correlate it with all the meta information that we have. Meaning that this sentence means that I'm sad at this part of the day, but it doesn't mean that I'm sad next time of the day. Yeah. That, that's what you guys have stuff to say here. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely agree, team. Uh, but the, the point what we are not having enough is the the data of the user on the technical side. I mean, theoretically, I 100% agree as your side. <laughs> but what we don't have enough is like, what is the definition of dog for you? What is the what are the what what were you did in last summer? What do you wrote the notes on speak last summer so that the system is so much intelligent can tell you that team. Last summer you went to ski or this place. How 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 about this week? And it's like maybe the comparison between when you write a note or record a video is like your emotions or your keywords were like this last summer versus today because you went today and you recorded this clip into the speak, right? So that the future is is always be amazing. And what, what is the context even with the present mode? Finding the custom category, finding the meaning. And and Lauren, I agree with you about having the two words or having the meanings, that sort of the meaning making machine we are working on with even with the custom categories and even finding the entity between your nodes and media. But what we don't enough, what we don't have enough is the data about your data about the user. So as, as much as you write more on the speak or record more, you are empowering your own system for understanding. That's a one side of it, but even improving on, on the other side. So I that. Yeah, so I know you got to go, so you, you can, you're going? Yeah. Okay. How, how are we doing here? With the uh, we're almost done. I have one other point that I think is really important here. It sounds like Timothy has something to say as well. Two things that I'm thinking that is also not happening. Um, that, that present mode, that video that I shared looked magical. But if you see, I was taking very um, uh, slow pauses between the words that I was saying. And the reason mm. is because we're not looking within a sentence to grab a keyword out. You actually need to hit it right at the right time. I need to say Tyler and then make a pause and then say happy. If I, if you're, no, don't do that to me. Okay, that's all, all right, <laughs> go ahead. There are two ways right now in existing system. Even if you speak, my name is Tyler, the system is right now intelligent enough to understand that you said Tyler in the sentence. If, if you say the complex and if you are too quick, that might miss, uh, that might miss in the sentence. But if you're like, hey, this is Tyler, blah, blah, blah. So the system is right now not that intelligent, but 50%, 70% probability that it will pick from the sentence right now. But if you're going too fast, as, as we normally speak, as I do, yeah. that is a little tricky. Yeah. And then the last part that I was fascinated by, I'm done now, I swear, is so if someone says I'm happy, no, someone says I'm sad. Someone says I'm sad. What do you display? Do you display, do you display blue? 
to represent their mood or do you display yellow to cheer them up? So I think this is such an interesting thing. There needs to be a toggle for reflect or contrast or counteract. Uh, and just, I just think what an amazing technical concept, but what, an, like, I don't know, just, it's such a beautiful thing to think about. So that's my last point. And that actually came up in, in one of the responses from, uh, from people too. I just wanted to add before that when Timothy talk about the, the meaning of emotions varies by person to person. Uh, when you, when you presented that with the happy and that comment, the first comment, I was like, the, the, the green or the blue is happy for me. The black is happy for me sometimes, right? Because the black, the, the different, your favorite color is very by person to person. You might like blue, Timothy might like gray or already white. So it's like how you can decide or how is like, there's supposed to be a system is like in right now with what we have is like, what is your understanding of the color? And yeah. when you talk about the gray, the, the gradient or the mixing of the color, how does that looks like? Because the rainbow has like seven colors, but seven colors has the unique characteristics. And when you mix that, that is just the, another level of power. Yeah. And there's people who are colorblind also. So I just thought about that. <laughs> you know, light up a lamp in the room. Timothy, uh, yeah, yeah, don't even get me too fired up on that. Well, it's coming. So uh, the speak present mode that we're showing on screen in a software interface is a connection point for what will be connections into hardware and be able to do mm -hmm. some truly incredible um, things. See that puffery there? Truly incredible puffery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I don't we also have to share a video like our last point. I think we also have to share a video how you can create your own present mode with your yeah. own understanding about the colors and pictures and how you can do the same thing what Tyler yeah. said uh, uh, yesterday on LinkedIn and Twitter. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. And I hadn't actually, it's such a beautiful point about the colors and how, what different colors mean to different people. So it's, it's profound stuff. So, um, okay. I'm good in that regards. I don't think there was anything else, anything else that anyone has to say before we, uh, we wrap this up. This was a fun one. I, I'm so glad. One, yeah. 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 Tim. Yeah. Good. Lauren. Lauren's got to get back to some tra transcribing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you're good. I missed the first 15 minutes, but it's fantastic conversation about the yeah the transcript editor, the, the present mode and everything. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Okay, guys. Great to see you all. This was office hours number seven. Number eight next week. Thank you for joining me. We had ended up with the full crew. I thought it was gonna be <laughs> completely alone. <laughs> so this is great. Um, we all are here. Yeah, okay. Great to great to see you guys. Have a good rest of the day. Okay, thank you. Okay.